Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. We were trying to make Andrew appealing to a certain type of audience, you know, these Democratic donors. And they already had 29 other options and we were doing the impossible and we were out of left field, all these things. Instead of bringing Andrew <laughs> to a certain type of audience, we need to find the audience that likes our certain type of candidate. We need to bring, we need to find the audience that already loves who Andrew is. And the way we found them, um, was it started with podcasts. In a way, it brings us back to this podcast, man. It's one reason why I love this podcast so much. Uh, podcasts really were our genesis, our birthing ground, uh, like the way we developed any kind of a following. This podcast has been a real source of strength and comfort and learning and community for me. Uh, there, there have been any number of times when I had a conversation with someone and it became a chapter in a book or a policy in some cases, uh, or uh, like a new line of thinking and argument that, that I make. This podcast many, many times has been an environment where I would realize something for the first time because I was saying it out loud to someone. Welcome back to Yang Speaks. This is your co-host, Zach Grauman. I'm on with Andrew today. And on today's episode, we take some time to reflect. Because over the past six months, there's been, as you many of you have known who've stayed loyal, kept listening to this, there's been an elephant in the room that we have not talked about. And that is the office that Andrew has been running for uh, here in New York City. And we take some time to talk about how we got here, <laughs> starting with how I met Andrew and started working with him in 2017, how we dropped out of the presidential race, how we started Humanity Forward and why we wanted to save our home. And tomorrow is election day in New York City. And we take some time and get a little emotional, talk about where we've been, but more importantly, win, lose or draw, the bigger picture about what we're doing because we're in a fight, fight to save this country. The cavalry is not coming. We are the cavalry. And win, lose, or draw on election day, our journey is just getting started. And I want to thank you guys for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Andrew and I. I think a lot of you will resonate with it um, because you've been on this journey with us for a couple of years now. So tune in, guys. Andrew and I are doing a bit of reflection right now on Yang Speaks. Mm-hmm. 
And now, uh, I welcome to Yang Speaks, a regular, my brother, <laughs> Zach Grauman. And so this isn't really a, like, this really isn't a Zach as guest. Um, I, I'm kind of going to be my own guest a little bit, or me and Zach are going to reflect uh, on the last two and a half to three years a little bit. Uh, first, I want to thank everyone who's listening right now for listening to this podcast. I know over the last number of months, you've been like, isn't Yang running for mayor? Why is he not talking so much about running for mayor? What's going on? Like, <laughs> it's a little bit like I compare it to a TV show where all of a sudden it became just like one episode installments. You know what I mean? Like, like sometimes you have these shows where there's like an elaborate plot line and it's like the whole season long and then the plot resolves and there's like a big bad at the end. And then other times it's just like self-contained episodes. You just watch one, like a Law & Order thing where you don't need to have watched any of the other Law & Orders <laughs> <laughs> to know what's going on. <laughs> and, I, 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 and I feel like Yang Speaks definitely became very isolated episode uh, where, uh, you know, we would talk about something, but it didn't seem to, to fit within um, the certainly the context of my, my current run. Um, and so I wanted to first say thank you to everyone um, because uh, it's been an awesome time. Um, and I'm just so grateful to everyone who's born with us uh, throughout the last number of weeks and months. I hope you've enjoyed it. I mean, we've had like some incredible guests and some incredible conversations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, I, I've enjoyed it. I've said to Zach many times where this podcast has been a form of comfort and even therapy for me. Uh, I don't know if people sense that at all. And so I called Zach on here so that we could reflect a little bit on the big picture arc of where we started back in, let's call it beginning of 2018. When do you put as the start, Zach, of uh, our adventure together running for president? So I got, I took a number of months. I actually tried to like find the exact dates on this. Um, because I've been um, I've been writing a book on the kind of this journey, which is fun. I've actually everyone Zach has writing been book. writing a book, um, and I have read I have read excerpts from it, and it's awesome. Uh, Evelyn has read both uh, parts of his book and then parts of my book that's coming out later this year. And Evelyn prefers Zach's book. I just want everyone to know that, that that's uh, <laughs> mine's more about like the journey, story. right? And like the roller coaster. Yours is more about like solving problems and um, where we go and, and things like that. Um, so you can see why Evelyn prefers Zach's book. So, so <laughs> Zach, tell us, about, uh, tell us about uh, the book, the journey, and when, when did you say the journey began? So um, that's actually the number one question I get, Andrew, is like, how'd you beat Andrew? So I knew Andrew from, so I knew Andrew from my days at UBS. I was helping rich people give money to charity, and they loved Andrew. They loved Venture for America. Andrew was a rock star in the social entrepreneurship space. Now that is a tiny space to play in, um, but we would have him and come to our like client events all the time. I'd seen him speak on panels and cre and was always very great, um, fantastic at them. Um, and you could see, like his humor would come through that kind of thing. Andrew Yang, panel star, panel star <laughs> for sure. I'll never actually. This is funny. Yes, this is so funny. Do you remember this? Okay, uh, I want to set this up. So this is not in the book, but um, you did a panel at. We used to do these. Um, basically billionaire kids events. Like if you're super wealthy and you bring your kids, like how do you inherit like a hundred million dollars types of events? And we'd always do something like a philanthropy day. And you did a panel with a guy named Adam Braun. Um, 
And if you wanted to pick, like draw, like the perfect, like white boy stud, it's probably Adam Braun. He's like, he was quite suddenly good looking, <laughs> like went to an Ivy League educated, rich, like started this nonprofit. Has this, and he tells this, <laughs> he tells this story of this organization at the time called Pencils of Promise. And he tells this story about how he goes to Africa and he asks a kid, like, what do you want most in the world? Um, and he said, a pencil. And it's like this heartbreaking story. And he's telling this in the context of saying like my whole life, my parents had told me like bronze are special, bronze are special. Like, and he knew it in his heart when it happened. And, so, and, and there's not like a dry eye in the room. Like everybody's like, oh my God, Adam. And then it's like, and then so the moderator's like, okay, Andrew, your turn. And he's just like, Andrew, you go, yeah, you know, my parents told me the exact opposite, actually. They're like, Yang, you're not special. They're like, go to law school, do something traditional, like work for a law firm, like you're boring. And he's like, even my nonprofit, like, it was like, oh, it's Teach for America for Entrepreneurs. Let's call it Venture for America. Like, nothing about this was special in my head. And the room just lost it. Um, that was my first, like, debate experience, theoretically, of Andrew Yang without knowing it. That was probably 2016, something like that, 2015. And I have to say, coming to those events was always a treat because um, the environments were always super nice and the food was good. And like, you know, <laughs> like sometimes there was like, you know, that there there was a celebrity or entertainer. Oh, yeah. One of the kids so would get a like, table somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were fun. Um, now, so, so Zach and I knew each other through that for uh, a while. So it's true. When someone says, like, how did you meet Andrew? Like, you would have to backtrack to maybe, what, yeah, 2014, and you, 2015? I met you. And so I asked you to be, um, my roommate actually worked for you, worked for Venture America, Joe Guy. Um, and he was like, you have to Joe meet Guy. Andrew. Joe Guy is a great guy. Joe Guy, Mr. Knight, Mr. Guy. Um, but he was like, you got to meet Andrew. You guys are two forces of nature. Actually, we tell a direct word. Um, and I asked Andrew to be on my board of my nonprofit. And Andrew's like, I love this idea. Sure. How can I help? I'll be on your board. Great. Um, it was a classic. Andrew's like, yeah, if, you, if I can, if my name can be helpful, which it was, to get more people and more legitimacy. Anyway, so I had heard, long story short, I had heard Andrew's, your shtick, like hundreds of times. And I went to this dinner and Andrew, it was, it was April, I think, of 2017 is like the timing there wow I, I, it's somewhere in like or like late spring no, it's somewhere in that mid 2017 range yes. yeah yeah that'd be right before the summer i thought it was summer it's not and um i went to this like jeffersonian round table dinner i used to go to all the time it was like very pretentious like 15 people meant to be on a topic and this one was on the future of work um and i was curious about this topic and i go and i got the list of the roster and i'm like oh there's gonna be all these cool people here i'm excited and i go to this like restaurant i think it's in the west village or somewhere downtown like private room and who parachutes in Andrew Yang parachutes in and I remember being pissed I mean like damn it I've heard your spiel a hundred thousand times where you're like hey we're, like we got all the smart minds in the world doing six things in six places we need to get them out of like the New York's and San Francisco's in the world and get them to Detroit and Cleveland and it's in a great it's a great pitch but I was hoping to learn something and Yang comes in and just drops this bomb like takes over the room and drops what I eventually called like the automation bomb which was like a working version of the war on normal people's like why Donald Trump got elected. Here are all the jobs in the United States. Half of them are going away. And then in the middle in this room, after this, he's got the whole room like captivated. And he's like, and I'm running for president of the United States. And it was like, you can hear a pin drop. It was like, wait, president of the, president of the country, like of, a, like of America. Uh, and uh how we got connected afterwards, I was like, well, Andrew, I was looking at, I just paid off a student loans. I was like looking to leave UBS. Um, 
And I was like, hey, Andrew, I'll help. And you're like, great, you can come manage a campaign, something like that. Well, because I knew, because I, I knew you were very, very strong. Uh, you know, you were a builder, you were a doer. I mentally thought to myself, uh, like, you know, I need to make sure that Zach is into this um, because he elevates our chances of impact and success uh, dramatically, immeasurably. Um, and so this, let's call this like spring 2017. Uh, I mentally was like super pumped about it. And then uh, I resolved then to try and uh, update you periodically and keep you updated. So the, the main thing I was working on at that point was the manuscript for the book. Uh, and so I would just send you pages <laughs> the, uh, of, the of the book. We got coffee and, oh, wrong book. Uh, this is your book. We got coffee. This is one of the rare times you get to go behind you and pull a book. And I get coffee with Andrew probably like two weeks later. And he sits across and he slides me this book, Raising the Floor by Andy Stern. He's like, first of all, read that. And then this is like, this is what sold me on universal basic income. And the second thing I asked, I asked you a whole bunch of questions. I don't even remember this. I was like, do you have any skeletons in the closet? You're like, no, I'm boring. I go, like, it was right around, like, this is the height of me too. It was like, just starting. I was like, you're not, please, I'm not doing this. You're getting me too. Well, like, what, no. what's funny too is like, you know, Zach, Zach knew people I'd worked with. We could check and be like, hey, does, does Andrew have any of that action <laughs> going on? And they were like, no. <laughs> I did a lot of research to that. And then I was like, well, what's your plan? You know, I can help with money. I'll, I'll always hustle to fundraise. But like, what's the plan of money and the path here? And you, you pulled up the New York Times um, this was so prescient, it was, it stuck with me. You pulled up the New York Times, I think it was New York Times, I didn't watch the post, but I think it was New York Times infographic on the Republican primary and how much money they raised and how they performed. And you said- It was WAPO, yeah. Yeah, it was WAPO. And you said, um, you're like, what do you think the Democratic primary field is going to look like? And I had not given this that much thought. I was like, I guess probably pretty crowded and I can't really think of a front runner. You're like, yeah, you're like, it's going to look like the, the Republicans. There's going to be a ton of people running. And so I just need a lane to get my message out and be considered serious. And then he's like, now everybody thinks you got to raise billions of dollars in politics. But it's like the reality is Republicans do that because they can get super PAC money. But I've looked at what these clowns, I think was, I don't know the exact word, but some of these guys on the Republican side had raised. And it was like, it was like Huckabee, uh, Carly Fiorina, a couple named Ben Carson. There were a couple names that were Christy that were, yeah, Christy that were big names that had only raised like one to $3 million, if I recall. And you're like, I can raise that. Um, and like, we can do, like that is a feasible number to be a serious contender. And I remember, I don't know if I said this number to you, but I, I think I said this to myself. I was like, I can raise at least 20 million. Um, <laughs> and, and, and 20 million would have put me in like fairly serious contender category. We ended up raising 40, uh, but I, 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 in my mind's, I don't know if I ever said this to you out loud, Zach, but I was like, you know, like I had an internal goal. I was like, we can raise 20 mil. For like such a, a ridiculous goal a presidential camp, a, a presidential <laughs> camp. I mean, it turns out I was a little bit cocky and unrealistic because then when we got into it, like you know, it was actually very difficult to raise. Um, the first year was rough. Yeah, like like raise four mil, much less like twenty mil. Though we did eventually get to forty with uh, a bunch of escape velocity. And thank you, everyone listening to this. I have a feeling you probably contributed to that forty million. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, super, super grateful. But yeah, I showed you that infographic. I was like, look, this Democratic primary is going to be a zoo. They're going to be over a dozen candidates. Like we just need to raise, uh, you know, X million dollars to be able to to fund an operation and, and compete. Yep. I'll, I'll I'll fast forward a little bit, but you in the when we finally got an office. So this is probably May, I think, either April or May of twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, you we were like struck. We were struck. The first year was really hard to raise money, and you were there, and you were there said like. 
You know, Zach. I, I got to say, Zach. I never, I never told you this, but this, this was like a, a big thing for me. And you could actually get into this, maybe. So, so the timeline is: you and I do this thing in spring 2017. I'm like sending you stuff, being like, "Hey, man, it's great, it's great, it's great." I filed the paperwork for the uh, presidential campaign in November 2017, which obviously no one notices or cares. No one cares. Uh, you like got I, an article I, in the Times. Tra- oh, not, not yet. Sorry. But I got I got the article in the Times February 2018. So there was there was a four month period or so when I was uh, building and uh, you know like uh, uh, coming up with policies and like graphics and like all, all of uh, this kind of stuff, uh, email addresses. And then during this time, I, I didn't ever not tell you this. I was like, there is a, you know, I thought in my mind's eye, I was like, there's like a 20 to 20 like to 30% chance that Zach uh, realizes that joining me in this is, is very, very foolhardy. <laughs> <laughs> Fundamentally ridiculous. <laughs> so, because so, so, so there was like a part of me that was like, oh shit, like if Zach realizes this, like oh, that, that that's going to be very difficult for me because I've, <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, have Zach penciled in as the, the like, you know, Dude. operator campaign manager. Um, and, and so every day between when, like, you know, we, we had launched and, and before you left UBS uh, yeah. full-fledged and joined the team, I, I had the, this, like, no shit, I really got to, you know, like, make sure that Zach, Zach actually sees the path <laughs> I, and the light. I appreciate um, that. And so what was your last day of getting paid by UBS? Because this was, like, the period when I was like, is Zach really going to leave his... Uh, his yep. sweet uh, banking job to to join our madcap presidential campaign. So what when was that date? So I didn't end up leaving. My first date uh, day on, on the campaign I think was March 2018, either March one or like middle of March. Um, I have the date in the book. And what's the name of your book? The book is called Long Shot right now. Uh, uh, there's a subtitle I can't remember. And when's it come? When's it coming out? We'll do another pod when. when yeah, we, we'll do. We we'll dive do in the, the book. We um, give you the full-on author treatment. Yeah. But everyone sure. now, like their their appetite is being whetted. They're like, I'm totally going to leave it's, long shot. It's <laughs> meant to be funny. It's meant to be all the stuff. It's like the book I think the Yang Gang wants to read about this. I hope that's my that's my goal. Um, there's a lot of stories like Andrew. It is. That's what I hear. Someone else is it telling is. It. My, yeah. my my book is my book is not really the book the Yang Gang wants to read, but uh, but yours is, and yeah. that's what Evelyn said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's funny from a political lens too. We'll see. Um, but uh, so I left UBS. Yeah, I was like, look, I was like, is this real or is this not? What sold me, guys, I read the manuscript of the book and I jumped out of my bed in one of the chapters. I remember calling my brother and I was like, I got to work for him. I said, I don't know. I don't know why. It just feels right thing. It feels like called to do it. And then it was like, it was one of the things like if I didn't do, I'd regret it the rest of my life. Um, and so like my first day, let's say it's like March 1st, 2018. I'll never, uh, we were at Andrew's mom's apartment before we got our first office. And there was what? Three other people plus you. Uh, one guy, Muhan, was living there. Um, but I remember showing up in like a suit and I didn't wear a tie because I thought that'd be too formal. But I wore like a suit and I was like all Wall Street ready. And like I got in there like 830. I was like, man, you know, like maybe eight o'clock. I don't remember what time it was, but it was early. It was like, you know, um, like a morning. And Muhan wasn't even out of bed yet. And there was no one in this office. It was just <laughs> no one in the apartment. And I was like, oh, this is going to be different, man. Um, the apartment was full of boxes because that's where all the boxes from his book uh, were being stored. Amazon boxes. <laughs> I was like, man, okay, this is, uh, this is not... Or not in Kansas anymore. Whatever. And then at one point I was like, all right, Zach, first thing you need to do is get us an office. Yes. <laughs> like, like, when did that job. office lease start? Because the, o- April the office 1. It was, April 1. Was, we did fast. Yeah. 
Was it April one? Yeah. All right, so we're out of my mom's or apartment yeah, for a month. Yeah, um, which I which I I I loved that time operating out of my mom's work. I mean, I was very excited to get to the office. Don't get me wrong, and I, I knew it had to be in the office as quickly as possible because. Uh, you know, it would be impossible for us to operate, but also like no self-respecting human would like show up to my mom's apartment and think that we were. Uh, yeah, you couldn't host people there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a problem. So, um, so the office we got, I love that office. Uh, it's on 39th Street and 7th Avenue. Uh, high ceilings, wood floors, like, you know, like it, it was, we got a wall that everyone signed. Anytime we came in, we'd have them sign it. Um, and so that began April 2018. The big New York Times launch was February 2018. And I thought it would kick off more than it did. It didn't kick off that much. <laughs> no, we, I think <laughs> like you were I, hoping I, I for the it, internet monies to start pouring in earlier. <laughs> they, they did not. <laughs> no, they did. They, 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 they did not. And so then we started hitting the, the path. Um, so I, I guess I'll, I'll, you know, because at this point, uh, definitely read the book, Long Shot. And, and I, I have some of this stuff, too, in, in my book that's coming out. Later this yeah, year. there's parts of it. Um, and, and I look back on 2018 now quite fondly, even though it was very, very difficult at the time. But, you know, like we, we were allowed to do things in uh, kind of in the dark. Like if, if we had a bad day, no one cared. Like yeah, it, we it, could it screw up. It didn't matter. matter. You know? <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, and, and I remember hanging out in the in the office and then uh, Liam uh, DeClivelo, was, you know, was a very, very young guy who, who uh, we, for some reason, were taking advice from. It was pretty funny. I mean, like, he was taking advice from because he's, yeah. he's really smart. <laughs> also, uh, but he was like, hey, you guys should go on a tour. <laughs> I forgot. Well, I, I'll just clarify <laughs> one other thing, and it, it, I appreciate you saying before, like it was, it was like it was gonna be a home run if we get Zach. And uh, at the time, I did not think that. I was like, I hope he hires me. But at the at the other time, it's like it was very, very, very difficult to hire people on this campaign. It wasn't. Like, it was hard to get people to pay attention to the campaign. So, like, I think when people talk about, you know like what we could have done better operationally or how we grew or that sort of thing. Like for the first year, we were just taking what we could get. And then eventually a spigot went off and we were just hiring on the fly. Um, so it was a very, it was almost like night and day or quickly. But anyway, um, it's, you know, we took whoever you were, you had a very strong principle, which I always appreciate. It's like, if someone wants to help, let them. So you remember Liam saying to us, Hey guys, like go on a tour. Yep. And then I was like, go on a tour. For who? Like, no one's going to show up to this tour. This is going to be like the lamest thing in the world. Yeah. And then Liam managed to convince me where he was like, no, no. Like, you know, you need images of you uh, being out there. And you also need to refine the message. You need to do the pitch over and over again. You need to do all of this stuff. Um, and and then he he was right. And so I was like, all right, let's, uh, let, let's uh, set up a tour. And then Zach, like a freaking superhero, was like, yes, we're going to do a tour and then we're, we're going to get this van. And then Zach ended up being like the van slash bus driver, uh, you know, like everybody's we, in New Yorker. No one could drive. An and <laughs> it was just you we, and me. We had the worst drive. driving early team in the world. It's horrible. like we had maybe five or six people. And I think Zach was easily the best driver among us. I can well. drive. But you don't want the candidate being like the driver. Yeah, you want the candidate to rest <laughs> you know, and sleep. Yeah, you know. practice. Yeah, take so calls, so whatever. it really was Zach and that van, and we'd show up and we we did that tour. Like so, this was the Humanity First tour, yeah. uh, and 
you know, we'd have to look in and, and see what the actual locations were. Was that, um, but off the top of your head, where, where do you remember the humanity first? We did. I remember this pretty uh, closely. I'm trying to think. So we did Cleveland, not in no particular order. Cleveland, Chicago, Baltimore. Detroit, definitely. Detroit. Um, we didn't do Cincinnati. It was just Cleveland, I think. No, Cincinnati was later. Um, people be mad at me for not remembering this. Um, we went to Iowa, New Hampshire during this tour too, right? Iowa, New Hampshire. Yep. Or no. Yep. We Did added we? them. We booked Yep. That's right. Oh, and, and, and you remember, like, was this the tour where Carly messed up? Like she sent me to the wrong airport. Was that, was that? Was it was Carly that learned that there's two airports in Washington, DC. That's the tour. Yeah. Yeah. That, and then I went to the wrong one and missed the flight. And then <laughs> thus was um, almost going to be late to like my tour stop in Iowa or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and Carly was worried that we were going to fire her. Um, but at some point I'd realized that Carly's value add was not, uh, you know, booking flights and like detail orientation. It was something else. And so like when I realized that, then I was like, all right, then, you know, that, 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 that this is not her fault. Like we just have her in a role that doesn't necessarily play to who she is. Um, and, so, and, and then we somehow managed to get me there, like passed me off like a football. It was crazy. I flew to another airport and then someone it was one of these things where two vehicles it was like a freaking sat question where two vehicles <laughs> left from opposite sides and yeah. then like met in the middle and then i got dropped off there and then the, the whole thing yeah. was uh, was pretty funny and I, I think i made it um and i made it for an event that had how many people do you think i mean it was still good for us but it, 50, you know, 30 15 like yeah, it was small. I was going to say 24 or something yeah. like that. It was like 24, but we, we moved heaven and earth to, to get that. It was 24 people, I want to say, in Iowa. Yeah. And at that time, we Iowa. felt yeah. like anything we did in, in, in Iowa was um, was monumental. Yep. Uh, so so this is uh, 2018. Uh, fall, right? And the weather was not great. So yeah. it was still, oh, it was, oh yeah. It was, this was so right was before, that, that Iowa event was right before Thanksgiving break. I remember like, the reason, one of the reasons the crowd was a little smaller, not that it would've been that much bigger if it wasn't, but a lot of kids had left for Thanksgiving break. This podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that. Private, what's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. Now imagine all that data being crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Do you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell our data? The worst part is you don't know what they're doing, you don't get to have your say. That's why I use ExpressVPN. Just hit one button and then your internet connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server. No one can see your IP address. You're completely in your own private internet. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it harder for third parties to track me and harvest my data. No matter what device you're on, you just hit one button and you get your own protected connection. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com yang and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S 
vpn.com slash yang. Go to expressvpn.com slash yang to learn more. So 2018, I still remember fondly because we could make mistakes in the dark. Uh, and people sometimes uh, imagined that I, I sprang out um, and was doing all of the, this um, stuff to crowds. But we were working very, very small crowds. I talked to people all the time about how, you know, I felt like we were musicians getting our start or I was like a comedian or performer getting my start. I had like the weirdest one man show ever. It was like, you know, Andrew Yang and... Uh, give everyone money and automation and the rest of it. Like, you know, we had this and, um, and you would critique my performance and say, Hey, yeah, I had to beat you up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. um, and so for anyone who's not, who doesn't know this, Zach is a very, very talented speaker, performer, coach. Uh, and, and so it's interesting because like we used to joke at the time, I was like, Hey man, next time you, you run, I'll manage your campaign. Uh, because each of us has like an operator hat that we can put on. And each of us has like a, a figurehead performer, speaker, like, you know, um, like like each of us can do both, uh, at least in some measure, you know. Um, and uh, and I, I said to Zach all the time, it's like I miss being the operator. Like I miss. Oh, yeah. Especially towards the end. You're like, I'm drained. I just want to give me a problem to solve, please. And you're like, no, man, you just press play. He's like, ah. Um. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so what was funny is we would do these events and then Zach at some point would give some impassioned speech to close or ask for money or ask for support. Uh, and Zach was super excellent at it. Um, and Zach also could tell me what I was doing uh, wrong, um, you know, in a, in a better way than, than others could. Uh, and Zach also, to his genius, figured out uh, like when just to let it ride because you know, like having someone say, hey, do this better, do this better is like not necessarily what you need at, you know, like at, like 10 p.m. in Ohio after you sp speak to 12 people or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, it's not, it's not like. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so, so Zach had all these incredible uh, attributes. Uh, I genuinely feel like uh, the universe put us together to do what we did. Uh, and we made a dent in the universe that I'm incredibly proud of. When our campaign ended, and I'm, I, I, as anyone can tell, I'm obviously fast forwarding a couple of years then if the like, campaign ends. But when our campaign ended, I thought to myself, like that, that is probably the best thing I'll, I'll ever do. And I should really be like happy and proud about it. I mean, you know, we set out on a path together in, let's call it early 2018 for the purposes of this. And then it ended um, early 2020. So what we accomplished in two years was unprecedented, unfathomable. Someone said to me at some point last year, he said, what you did was literally impossible. Yeah, <laughs> like, I agree that. Like what we did was literally impossible. Everybody told us it was impossible. And you know what makes me so mad, man, when people today call you a celebrity politician or these rich, like whatever, like the, like the press will spin you all these things like, are you kidding me? Do not call them a celebrity. Like, we fought for every goddamn inch of the the success because you had literally two almost two years of like slog of like embarrassment of like going to fundraisers that didn't raise any money and going to talk to people that told you you were not good oh enough that that was your stupid. favorite when we did fundraisers that didn't raise any money uh you know God. so zach and i were always doing these back and forths about raising raising money 
uh, and not much was working. And so Zach would be like, hey, dollar for dollars. And I'd try and be like, this is awful. And then I would have my, like, hey, tell you what, I'll have my friend hold an event. And then uh, my my friend would have an event. No one would donate. So Zach was like, hey, this is awful. <laughs> I mean, we were just like going back and forth between things that that weren't working so well. We had a horn, uh, and then, we had course, a horn we in the office just... anytime someone gave a max donation, which at the time was 2,700 bucks. And we did not honk it very often, but that way. Um, until uh, and, and there, there would be there would be times too. It would be like Friday, and I'd be looking at our bank account. I'd be like, I need to get someone to give us twenty seven hundred dollars before I leave. <laughs> like I would, I would, and be uh, and, and and that that stuff felt familiar to me because it's like a startup. It's like the startup grind, you know. Like I understood the startup grind. Um, what became foreign to me later was when uh, I became more of like an athlete performer. Um, and it, it was very distinct from being an operator. I had never really seen myself like that. Uh, you were pushing me to be that. You were like, "Hey, become the become the athlete, become the performer, become the the figure." You know, like. And sometimes I would give you a hard time too, because I'll give you one example. And we had this tough conversation where I spoke to a group of very very high level Democratic donors in New York City, um, and uh, I did a fair job of my presentation. Um, no one gave anything or wanted to support me afterwards. And then, and, and then you were like, Hey man, like you've got to be better because you need to like convert those people in that room. And then I was like, Zach, my performance does not determine whether those people are going to be converted. <laughs> like, like, like I can do a great job and like, they, they weren't going to be like, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this conversation. I do. I feel like I was on a street corner after it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, like I, I, maybe we, we both had it a, a little bit right. Cause like, could I have been better? Sure. But like, you know, I, I was a little bit like, Hey me. dude, like these dudes weren't, weren't exactly going to like, you know, uh, all of a sudden, um, uh, you know, become Yang fans uh, on the basis of that, um, which must've been endlessly frustrating for you because you were like, Hey, is this even working? Like I'm getting some people together in a room for Andrew and then he does his thing. And then they don't like just bust out their Rolodexes afterwards. <laughs> well, it was like, um, I wrote about this in the book. It was like, um, we were trying to make Andrew appealing to a certain type of audience, you know, these democratic donors and they already had 29 other options and we were doing the impossible and we were out of left field, all these things. And so what we, we ended up, it was probably that conversation that flipped it. We we're like, we gotta stop doing this. We gotta find something that works better. And we need to, instead of bringing Andrew <laughs> to a certain type of audience, we need to find the audience that likes our certain type of candidate. We need to bring, we need to find the audience that already loves who Andrew is. And the way we found them um, was, it started with podcasts, um, but it really was the internet. It was podcasts, events, Sam Harris, eventually Joe Rogan, but it was Reddit, it was AMAs, it was Instagram Lives. It was, it was just the, it was just finding the people, finding the masses, going to the people instead of the elites with the money, um, which sounds so cheesy, yeah. but that's what we did. Essentially what we did. In a way, it brings us back to this podcast, man. It's one reason why I love this podcast so much. Uh, podcasts really were our genesis, our birthing ground, uh, like the way we developed any kind of a following um, for the presidential campaign. Um, I love podcasts for that reason. I love podcasts generally because most of the time you have like a human conversation with, with a person and like it's a certain kind of exchange. Um and so th this podcast has been a real source of 
strength and comfort and learning and community for me. Uh, there, there have been any number of times when I had a conversation with someone and it became a chapter in a book or a policy in some cases, uh, or uh, like a new line of thinking and argument that, that I'd make. Um, and, and so there, there have been a number of things that uh, that have been tied together over the last number of years. It's been the campaigns and then reading and writing uh, and the podcast and conversations uh, and reflection. You know, like that, that, like this podcast many, many times has been an environment where I would realize something for the first time because I was saying it out loud to someone. Uh, so it, it's funny when we reflect on the the momentum that the campaign ended up developing really was because of the Sam Harris podcast was the first major one. And the, the Sam Harris podcast, I say this in my book, you might as well. We were booked to speak at the Wingding in 2018 um, because of Sam Harris, uh, because one of the organizers of the Wingding was a Sam Harris fan and listener, and then uh, we, we got invited. And I remember you being so happy when we got invited to the Wingding in 2018. Uh, when you were not that thrilled. You're like, I got to go up to Cedar Rapids and do, what is this? <laughs> I mean, you were like, fine. You were like, look, man, you got invited to this Iowa thing and it's going to be golden. And, oh, the other funny thing too, and this happened, we had a running joke too with Zach for a while. He's like, hey, you're going to go on this big Iowa trip. It's going to be great. You're going to speak. It's the biggest deal ever. And I'm not going to be there. Like there were like a, a like the first couple of Iowa trips where for some reason Zach had. It was my brother's like wedding for the wingdings. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know. And obviously I had zero, I zero so issues. No, yeah. You didn't have issues at all. But I was bummed. I was pretty bummed. <laughs> but like, but you had to nail it. You had to nail it for me. <laughs> Yeah, and was there one other trip that there was something similar? Where I missed a bunch, like, yeah. I had like another um, either family thing or something. It was a running joke after that that I just like hated Iowa would never go. That was a thing. Um, but you, I don't think anyone else had the joke, but you would be like, oh yeah, Zach can't make it again. Oh, okay, go figure. Zach didn't want to be in Iowa. All right. <laughs> it wasn't true. I ended up going to Iowa. Yeah. I know, of course, <laughs> we all spend a lot of time in Iowa. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I really have a, a, like a warm spot in my heart for uh, Iowa. I, I hope they feel the same way. Um, I did I, until I couldn't count the votes. That was frustrating. Um, well, that's just the Iowa Democratic Party having yeah, some bad true. process. And apparently the DNC uh, had a hand in that. I mean, the yeah. DNC made some last minute re request and whatnot, uh, which, which in some ways is a microcosm of the problems that we face, which is that you have these institutions who, uh, you know, make demands and then, uh, have, and then whoever is responsible for it on the ground floor has a hard time delivering. I mean, that, that's actually, that, that's pretty much a, a reasonable sum of the problems that we have. <laughs> so I don't blame Iowa for that is all I'm saying. It's like, I, you know, um, uh, and I also will say that the most nervous I've been for a speech, maybe my entire adult life was the best man speech I gave my brother's wedding. So when, when you talk about your brother's wedding and having to like, uh, you know, obviously that that's like the most important thing that so um, nerve wracking has to do. Someone who you speak for a living, generally speaking, like you at like Finch for America, even at a certain point, you were you know, singing for your supper all day. Uh, I've done musical theater in acapella and perform my, you know, used to do a lot of speaking. I was at UBS. I was the problem with being best man. We are quick aside is that let's everybody knows you're giving the speech. If you've been to a wedding and there's a bad best man speech, it's never great. It's always, it kind of sucks the energy out of the room. And everybody will come up to you <laughs> throughout the wedding 
and the rehearsal dinner, and they will say the following. You ready for your speech? You nervous? Are you nervous? And like after the 20th person in all of your friends in your like immediate circle has said that to you, you're like, well, I wasn't nervous until, you know, everyone I know and love has asked me if I'm nervous. I maybe I should be nervous. Um, but then when you nail it and you said this for you, you're like, you're going to be nervous as hell. But when you nail it and it's a friendly crowd, so it's easier to nail it than it, you know, at least people won't tell you you sucked. Um, but when you nail it, you'll feel like the man because everybody will also who have said asked if you're nervous will congratulate you. And that's also cool, too. And I, and I and you did nail it, and I'm sure you still are like on cloud nine about it because that's yeah, what happened. Speech went great, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Well, what, what's funny is, and this is something that uh, also you and I like sometimes you know put our heads over a little bit. You'd be like, Andrew, this is it. This is the speech you're gonna do it. And I was like, Zach, there's gonna be another like the speech, <laughs> like you know, like like 14 days later. Yes, like I really right. cannot like like get to this. Um, but when you talk about like the the speech, it is the best band speech because your brother uh, hopefully only gets married once. Um, and in my case, uh, my brother nailed his best band speech when I got married uh, uh, X years ago. And so I felt so much pressure to deliver. <laughs> uh, and, and so... You know, again, like you said, like I, I do a fair amount of speaking, so you're super going to be good. And, yeah, you know, I, I officiated at my cousin's wedding and I gave like a speech there and like I did not prepare a wit. I'm sorry, my, you know, my cousin. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was fine. Like, like yeah. it was great. I was just like, I'll be fine. But my brother's best man speech, I was like, I really have to nail this and prepare and the rest. Of it. So I understood. Uh, and I, I understood. Uh, you know, that that you had something more important, very much more important, because, you know, anything that like, quote unquote, big that was happening in the presidential campaign, I was like, yeah, there'll be another big thing, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, X days later. Fast forward to 2020 uh, and we we suspend the campaign in February in New Hampshire, which was like an incredibly difficult time. I know people we skipped a lot of stuff. Uh, but don't worry, Zach wrote a book about it, which we'll talk about again later. Yeah, like I wrote a book about it um, so that there'll be a lot more in terms of the campaign nitty gritty. Uh, but fast forward to 2020, uh, I end up ending the campaign, which was very, very difficult. I felt like I was letting a lot of people down uh, and uh, that there was still all this energy around me uh, and the movement. And so we quickly started Humanity Forward, which started out as a UBI organization and then became a cash relief organization when COVID hit. Uh, so we gave a million dollars away in the Bronx uh, to a thousand families and then an additional $8 million to people around the country. We got money out before the government did, way faster than the government. We were one of the first organizations to get, organizations to get cash to anybody. I remember that. Well, we were trying to set an example. I mean, right. that was my thing. I was like, let me see if I can uh, do this and then get enough press so that the government will feel like, oh, we should do it too. I, we didn't get that much press for Humanity Forward's cash giveaways, uh, but the, you know we did get cash relief out of Congress. And then we spent the next number of months actively lobbying Congress to uh, include cash relief in the next bill. Uh, I personally talked to dozens of legislators on both sides of the aisle. Uh, and Humanity Forward, we were jokingly called the People's Lobby where there's this onion headline that you can feel free to look up. All right, total aside, but it's really some funny. of the funniest shit that came out over the presidential is if you just Google the onion Andrew Yang, there is some hysterical stuff. It's really, really funny about like, you know, me um, being a robot, me being like, uh, you know, Terminator from the future, like, uh, you know, all, all this stuff is very, very funny. But there was an onion headline uh, that said, 
you know, the American people hire lobbyists to represent their interests. And then there's a guy in a suit being like, I'm here to represent the American people so that they, they can actually get something done. Um, so that that headline really stuck with me. And that's what Humanity Forward kind of became. It became the cash relief lobby and the people's lobby. Uh, so that happened all through 2020. Uh, and we were down in Georgia helping to win the Senate. And I'm so pumped that John Ossoff and Reverend Warnock won those races. Uh, we helped raise almost $3 million for uh, community or organizers, uh, people like Stacey Abrams and Latasha Brown. People give you uh, shit on that. We're like, oh, the work was being done on the ground. Of course it was being done on the ground before we got there. We went and helped. Sometimes we fundraised. Sometimes we knocked on doors. We done a ton of ton. Like you couldn't have, there was no such thing as not enough hands on deck in that place. Uh, and, yeah, and, and you saw that before anyway. You know, I mean, shoot, like you know, like and and we you know, we help fund some of these organizations' activities on the ground, so you know, love them. Yeah, um, but it is weird, man. It, it is weird that someone would uh, somehow uh, be territorial about that stuff. Yeah, um, we won. So we Let's had all of this. Jeez. We're not taking credit. Oh my God. Yeah, we had, we had all, all of this energy, and then we um, looked at and saw that New York City uh, needed something, um, and. I decided to run for mayor with your help. Um, and uh, you and I have lived in New York. We met in New York. Um, when did you arrive in New York, Zach? 2010 in July. I think it's July 4th weekend for a call. So yeah, been here and, a while. And you, been you grew up in Connecticut, but you grew up far enough away where you grew up in like- I grew up like Hartford. Like so it was like, I came like here and it was like, I went to Bubba Gump Shrimp or Carmine's and saw like whatever TKTS was selling cheap on Broadway. Um, I thought Times Square was New York growing up, um, and I've since learned that it's not anywhere close to the case. Um, <laughs> although you live close to Times Square, um, I do live close to Times Square. Yeah, but um, I, I oh I, I have something. I probably should give you shouldn't give this away, but I, I you don't know this. Uh, what? So we were driving around and we we drove by Madame Tussauds the other day. Oh, uh, Madame Tussauds, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's open. Okay. Uh, come to New York, visit. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, I said to uh, the team, I was like, I totally want to go to Mad Ab Tussauds and just stand there and act like a wax figure. And then just occasionally move. And, and, uh, we're, we're I totally miss these jokes this. in the and car, people were like, People were like, you're not going to be able to fool anyone. I was like, oh, I guarantee I can fool someone. All I have to do is just stand there still for a little while. And then like, someone will just be like, <laughs> like, like, like it's totally going to work. I bet you can do it. Yeah, I, I've been here since 96, uh, and it, it's been fascinating experiencing the city uh, in a different way uh, this past number of weeks and months. Uh, I've been reflecting on this race uh, and the journey, and, and you know, in a way, I wanted this conversation to be a little bit about the beginning and then uh, something of a punctuation mark. And nothing's really the end in, in this world. And, and this is one of the things that happened. I didn't tell you this, Zach, but this is what happened to me. Um, I was meeting with a religious leader uh, and the people around him were talking about my presidential run. And then this religious leader said to me, uh, Andrew, you know what that presidential campaign was? An introduction to you. And I, I heard that and I was like, well, that's really profound. Uh, given at the time, I was like, well, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. So that's that. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. You're so um, young. But, but he know? was suggesting that I, I have like all of this activism ahead of me. Um, and certainly it took a bit of time for me to realize that, you know, the presidential campaign uh, was going to be a story 
but then, you know, we're still alive the next day and uh, we still see the problems and there uh, are all these people around us that care about our ability to move society forward. Uh, and now we have a much greater capacity to make a difference than the vast, vast majority of other people. So let's do it. Let's go for it. You know, whatever it is. Uh, and one of the things that's happened to me, this probably happened to you too, Zach. Um, so sometimes people ask me how the heck I ever got the audacity to run for president. Um, and part of it was that you march around and you meet enough people where you're like, okay, there is no mysterious no other cavalry. group of super yeah. awesome people that are going to come. Yeah, there is no cavalry. Yeah. Like, like at some point you realize there is no cavalry that, that, that you know, it's going to be us or nobody. Like when you get older, you realize you are the cavalry and either you're going to mount up or you're not. Uh, and so now that I have um, some things to work with and a following and a public profile and all this, like if you were to line up folks who are as capable of having an impact in some way, uh, as you and me, like now, I mean, if you rewind to 2017, uh, you could be like, well, there's a pretty long ass list of people, <laughs> yeah. you know, because you two are just two random dudes. Yeah. Um, and then now we have a lot of the assets and resources where if we decide to do something, people would notice or take it seriously from day one. Um, it is a different position. There are times when I miss being the person who is just going to be ignored or ridiculed, uh, you know, like, like now, uh, you know, like you're, you're much more noteworthy. Um, there is like a, a degree of attention that we didn't have back in 2018, uh, you know, to, to the earlier point of like, you could just do things and, you know, like the entire thing was trying to um, gain notice. Um, but if you now make a list of the people that could do something positive uh, and make it stick, you know, like the list is pretty short. At least, you know, I mean, not to, you know, I don't want to like, uh, yeah, see it's like a list of the people we're, we're, besides but, the people you know. that were like us that are on some list that we used to be on. Um, but yeah, the list is short. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and so now, you know, like the obligation to do something positive um, is even higher and stronger. Um, so I, I so I'm, I'm so uh, grateful to you, Zach. Again, uh, the presidential campaign never would have come close to achieving as much as it did without you. Uh, and no, I, I hope everyone who's listening to this knows that um, one of the problems in our society today is that you attribute a lot of success just to, uh, you know, an individual, like in this case, let's call it me. And, and one of the frustrations I have is that people say it's like, oh, Andrew's like a big idea guy. And you and I both know that like, you know, there was so much grinding and execution and operation in order for me to get anywhere near any place where someone would, uh, you know, call you an idea guy. Have to, to call you an idea say. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what I mean? It's a, you know, like Evelyn says too, it's like Andrew's like 20% ideas and then like 80% trying to so get true. shit done. Uh, um, but like the, the get stuff done, I mean, it's been you really, you know, like because you were the operator and I became the, um, the athlete performer, uh, and, uh, and it's still the case for me now where like, I, I'm still the athlete performer right now. I mean, I try and dip my, um, myself into the operational zone. Um, and I still have that mindset. I mean, happily, like every once in a while, you know, I'm just like, Hey guys, like X, Y, Z, um, like I enjoy that stuff. Uh, but you know, super grateful to you, Zach. I mean, like whatever happens over this next number of days, 
uh, like we, we are just getting started. I mean, these are all kind of arcs um, in the midst of like this mega arc, you know, like the mega arc of our lives really. Cause you know, it's like, again, like I'm going to be alive tomorrow. My kids are still going to need us to try and do something positive with this world. The world is not going well. I mean, I don't know if people have the sense, like, you know, when, when I was running for president, everyone was like, Oh, like, you know, chicken little sky is falling, like doom and gloom. And then, you know, it's like, you know, now you look up, you're like, Holy shit. <laughs> it's like, um, I, I don't know whether, I, I think people feel acutely now that things are not going well. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's right. Um, so, so the, the themes are, we still have a ton of work to do, uh, never would have been in this position without you and a lot of other people, uh, like you, but you know, you're singular in this regard, Zach. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's so much ahead. Well, thank you, Andrew. I've been feeling mutual and, and look, there were a lot of people behind the scenes on this campaign that, you know, we got to you know, ride their wave of, of work and, and hustle and that sort of thing. Um, I will say so a couple of things. One, uh, two things to say. One is um, I remember before I joined, I remember I had this dream. I was like, um, you know, what happens if we fail? I was like, well, at the end of the day, if we fail, we were still right. Like this is like the world is transforming. We need to talk about it. Um, and then like, well, what happens if everybody hates you and him? I was like, well, that would probably mean success because the reason they have an opinion is because of the work we did, you know? Um, and that's why I always respected you. You're like, I will be the sacrificial lamb for these ideas because people will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I was willing to just be like, it's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we decided to run um, in New York after, you know, after the Georgia election, I put together like a deck, a quick like PowerPoint presentation for Andrew. And I was like, pros and cons of like your options. Um, and I remember we were doing some cool stuff with the production company at the podcast, you were on CNN. And I, and I remember saying like, look, you could be a great ideas guy and like talking head forever if you want. And uh, you've got a good gig and it get better. And I remember you said very clearly like, that's not an option. We're not taking this movement and making it like a cash out, like fun career, like as a pundit, like we have to take this movement and solve problems. So like take that off the table immediately. And uh, it was a good reminder of, one of the things I write about the book is like, it's in, it's in seven habits of highly effective people, like, or I think it is, it's a, uh, yeah, it's like the main things, keep the main thing, the main thing, um, like focus then. And you were very, very good at, um, and I try to be too, is like, uh, focusing on what matters you're like no, like it doesn't matter what we're talking about on cnn like it matters uh where we take this country and we have to lead it so um that was the one of the biggest reasons why we went back into the fray so quickly because it's like this is this is the movement um our home was on fire if you recall like covid was disastrous and we were looking at who was going to lead this um and it's been you know, people feel like things are opening up again. The weather's got, um, and, and crime is a big issue nationally. Um, but you still, in addition to crime, you still have major, major economic challenges, you know, um, that your ideas are needed. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, you refuse to be the talking head the rest of your life. I always respect that. Well, thanks, man. Um, yeah, we, we, we're trying to improve people's lives, trying to solve very, very significant problems. 
No, I'm so proud of the good that we've done. I'm so proud of everyone who's listening to this, who supported us. Thank you. I hope you're proud of the good we've done. I mean, if you had to try and measure it, you could measure it in billions of dollars that went to human beings yeah. that would not have otherwise for sure. uh, gone, gone to human beings. Yeah. Um, and we are just getting started. Um, I, I know sometimes it's not always clear what the path looks like, but I, I do have a vision for what we need to do. I'm still on the path. I'm still fighting. Zach's still fighting. Oh, yeah, we, we haven't uh, put down a sword yet. No. Too young. You're too young. Yeah, Evelyn's still fighting. Evelyn's fighting. Evelyn is fighting more than she ever has recently, which has been, which is a lot. But, um, yeah, I think she's. Yeah, Evelyn's been even more of a superstar. Um, So I I hope that people that have been with us, like, I I hope you stay with us. Uh, You know, uh, Zach and I love you. I love you. Uh, I appreciate the heck out of you. Um, You've been. Uh, more than anyone could have ever expected or asked. Uh, no, just so grateful and still fired up, still still working, still trying to make things better for people. Love you, man. And Love uh, you, brother. can't wait for this book to come out. Um, so, so do you have a pub date generally? I think it's going to be dependent on yours, but I think it's if you're November, I think I'm like February to May range a couple months after Holy cow! Look at this, everyone. Not like, uh, look at this. So, 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 I, I have a book that's going to come out toward the end of this year, and it looks like Zach's book is going to follow because his publisher um, is hoping my book does well, <laughs> and then, and then uh, his book will do even better. Um, so, uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, love you all, love you and uh, you know. And uh, looking forward to, to sharing more of these stories with you. Like I've read some of Zach's book and it's awesome. Um, I, I have a book that I'm very proud of. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're still working, still fighting Absolutely. for you. If you're part us. of this, this is a journey, man. And it's not dying when there's a draw, no matter what we do. Um, we're not going anywhere. So I appreciate all of you as well. Thank you, Andrew. Let's go shock the world. Let's do it. <laughs>